Welcome to the MLS Leadership Show. I'm Myrna Selsler, and I'm the host of the show and founder of the Million Dollar Broker Program, building momentum and leverage in a real estate brokerage. Over the past decades, I've been a broker owner of two successful real estate offices in two very different marketplaces. We work with real estate brokers to overcome the barriers that prevent them from achieving a million dollar net to them business. We help brokers reduce turnover, improve productivity, and have predictable sales growth. We're always on the lookout for talented brokers willing to share their secret sauce in running a successful brokerage. Stick around to the end of the show and you'll find out how you can be our next guest and share your unique message about how you lead your brokerage. So welcome. It's Myrna Salsler with the MLS Leadership Show, founder of The Million Dollar Broker. And I'm here today with Tyler Casey of ProX Realty from Pittsburgh, Kansas and Joplin, Missouri. So you have two offices, Tyler, but I don't want to talk about that first. I want to talk about how did you ever get into real estate? You're a pretty young guy. Um, my grandpa was, bought rental properties as a retirement plan. Uh, he was an engineer and then he was a salesperson for an aeronautical company in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. And I used to go down a couple of summers and help him on his rental properties, do kind of odd job handyman things. You know, we would refinish hardwood floors or fix a toilet or, or paint a house or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he retired fairly early. Uh, I think he was late fifties. That's, that's um, so, so he had, uh, I, I thought, well, real estate must be a pretty good, pretty good thing to get into. Yeah. 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 Okay. That was, that was encouraging. Um, so I started buying properties like the summer after my senior year of high school. So I bought my first, uh, rental property when I was 18 years old. How much did it cost you? Just because I'm curious. Uh, it was $43,000. And how much did you rent it for? At the time, it was $550, which was actually, which was actually too low even, even then. So but say 500 bucks a month, six, 6,000 a year, even with some costs attached, that's a pretty good return. Uh, well, we're a fairly low cost market here. That's, that's kind of why. I um, gravitated towards the property management business because there's a lot, there's, there's two division two colleges here. Uh-huh. So it's a high percentage rental market. Yeah. Um, and some of, and basically I got a lucky opportunity because I had bought like eight houses, me and one of my, I bought four and me and one of my buddies had bought four more together okay. uh, by the time I graduated college. And so I got my real estate license immediately after, mm-hmm. and I went to work for a local broker who had a Cobalt Banker franchise here in, uh, uh, his name's Jim Bishop, mm-hmm. and he's still in the business. He's almost 80 years old now. Oh. Um, and that was in 2010. So the market was pretty uh, horrendous here. It was very slow. Yeah. Um, there that was right after the mortgage fiasco, right? Volume was down and, you know, prices were down a little bit and I was 22 years old. So nobody wanted to work with me. Uh, and <laughs> I just decided, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, try to do property management since, since, uh, 
I'm not selling anything. Okay. Did you have to get a different license for that or was it the same license? You don't even have to be licensed in Kansas to do property management. Um, You do have to be licensed. You have to have a real estate broker's license in Missouri. Okay. Um, So I went into property management and I got lucky. I got a really nice contract early. I got a 40 unit uh, contract early. Mm -hmm. Uh, And within about six months, I had a hundred units that I was managing. Uh, At that age, at that age. Yeah. At 22. Oh, um, and there was a big, a big demand in this market for it at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I struggled terrible early on. I mean, I, I screwed everything up and, you know, made, <laughs> uh, lost myself money and, you know, yeah. all kind all kinds of silly things, you know, and was running around doing, trying to do everything, fix toilets and, whatever, whatever, whatever needed done on all the properties and, uh, crawl underneath houses in the middle of the night that were, had frozen pipes and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, but my sales business started to pick up at the same time. And it was in large part because I had developed a good property management business. Okay. Those clients, some of them were buyers, you know, and some of them were sellers. Yeah. Uh, so it, I had that relationship developed through the property management. Mm-hmm. And um, I went from selling, having 12,000 in gross commissions my first year in real estate to having um, close to 100,000 in gross commissions my second year in real estate. It was almost all, it was almost all uh, investment, property. investment property. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, because they knew that you understood investment property because you did it yourself. Because I was doing it myself and I was managing it for them and for other people. Yeah. Um, and, and since then, that sort of reputation has just grown in the community where I'm sort of the investment guy, which is good because, you know, I do high volume of transactions. Yeah. Um, but we're also oftentimes doing kind of lower price points than some other brokers too. So, yeah. Um, Cause a hundred grand gross close commissions at those kinds of price points, that's a lot of transactions. It's a lot of transactions. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, so my, my brokerage last year did uh 200 and has mm-hmm. averaged that for the last couple, several years. So. Okay. So when did you go out on your own then? And uh, why? What, what prompted that move? My broker was a very old school broker, uh, traditional model, not very, you know, not real agent friendly in terms of the commission splits. Mm -hmm. Um, Also not real negotiable, you know, I mean, he had been in it for, and and I had got to be one of the, you know, top couple producers in our office by that time, by 2013. Um, So, and I'd had my broker's license. I got my broker's license and was with him for about nine months after I got my broker's license. And then I, and then I had saved up the money to buy a building and, and, um, you know, start my own office. Okay. And so how many, did you start by yourself or did some people join you almost immediately? I started by myself. Um, I, I didn't, I, I did try to recruit some other agents, uh, in my market. Yeah. Um, and after about six months of, 
sitting in an office by myself and uh, not doing very well. I, <laughs> I did finally get one who was actually a former uh, realtor of the year in our board uh, to join me. Uh, her name's Teresa Wallen, and she's still on my team uh, and is one of my top producing agents still. Um, what, so what, what made it attractive to her to join you? I, I think I was desperate probably, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, so I, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I gave her a good commission split first of all. And, uh, and I, I kept taking, I would go by, go by her signs and I would take pictures of her signs and I would send them to her and I would say they would look good in black and gold and things like that. <laughs> and then I would, uh, you know, stop at, uh, I stopped at a couple of her open houses that she was having and looked at her open houses and talked to her and, um, um, courted her. I think she just saw that I had a, a passion for it and, and, uh, probably that I wasn't going to give up either. So, yeah. So now you have how many agents? About 10, you said? 10, yeah. And what's your competitive edge so that those 10 people have joined you and want to stay with you? Like what, what's your, is your place in the market still that investment real estate niche? A lot of, a lot of it is, yeah. Um, so some of the agents within my office have sort of developed a brand of their own that's not that. You know, they've, they've developed more of a retail um, uh, or a first-time home buyer type niche. Yeah. Um, but a lot of my agents do a lot of investment property. And Teresa wasn't doing a lot of investment property before she came to my office. And now she sells as much investment property volume as probably anybody in our market. Um, you know, and then my mom um, was, she was, a, she was a teacher and then she worked for the department of education and ran a grant uh, and a, a year or so after I started my brokerage, she quit her job and uh, came to and got her real estate license and and started selling real estate for me. Uh, That's and, pretty cool. And she's became one of the top producers in our market, like a top ten every year in our market. So, um, you know, and and a lot of that was that. I was busy building a property management business and a construction business at the time. So she referred or she got a lot of property management client referrals early. Yeah. And so did Teresa. So they're still kind of have like the legacy with those people, some of the early property management clients that they're still helping them buy and sell a lot of their stuff. So, yeah. Um, and those two are my top two producers still. And then some of the new ones I have got, I think mainly because they viewed me as somebody, they were interested in real estate investing okay. um, themselves. And, and they thought that getting a license would help them, which I told them I didn't know that that would really help them with investing, you know, but uh, that, that I would be happy to help them with invest, you know, learning how to invest in real estate successfully. Yeah. Um, and so... I think they came to work with me just mainly because they thought that they were going to get, uh, you know, real estate coaching more yeah. than anything, you know, how to uh, build wealth in real estate themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, that's always been my perspective as well. Like 
selling real estate, you can make a good income at, but where the real money is, is in owning the real estate. And well, that's how you, that, I mean, that's how you generate, um, that's how you build equity, right? I mean, that's how you build wealth. You can generate a great income selling real estate. Yeah. Um, but then you pay massive amounts of taxes if you're not doing anything to offset it. Uh, and, and real estate investment, especially for somebody who's a real estate professional operating in the industry more than 750 hours a year is a uh, amazing tax haven. Yeah. So if, so if you're a real estate agent and you're not investing in real estate, you are missing out big time because you can make as much money as you want and pay almost no taxes on it if you do it right. So again, that would be one of the things that would be attractive to you as a, as for you as a broker, for you to be able to explain and teach people that and why they might want to come and work with you so that they can yeah. learn all those things. And I am, and I have knows a bit of stuff, but to know the real depth of it, where it makes a difference, that's where you come in. Yeah. And I am, and I have got several young people who are interested in real estate investing. And I think, um, you know, bigger pockets has played a big role in, um, getting young people interested in real estate investing and early financial freedom and retiring and, or, you know, find a way to retire early. Yeah. Um, and, and I was kind of already the, in my markets, I was kind of already the guy for that stuff, you know, before all that became as big as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the young folks that were into that have gravitated towards me, which is, which is good. So what do you look for when you're looking to recruit someone? Um, Anything specific? And, or, and con, to the contrary of that, is there any specific thing that you see that you go, uh-uh, you don't get to join my team? Character, probably, would be the only thing. I mean, if I see, like, um, just somebody who's negative person, maybe, or, you know, um, a gossip or, or something that's going to cause a lot of problems within the office. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like people who are hyper-competitive but, you know, but that sometimes causes problems in, within the office too. So um, I try to, I try to create a situation where, uh, you know, there's some teamwork element to it, even though people are obviously compensated individually in real estate. So yeah. that's a little so do challenging. You, do you offer training then to your salespeople when they join you? I do. Um, I have a training program that I put them through. It's actually fairly basic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I always tell them, you know, I'm going to teach you, uh, how to do the paperwork, how to, uh, what paperwork to use for what type of transaction and in what situation and in what sequence, you know, yeah. um, I'm going to teach you about agency and, and how to, how to explain that to customers and clients and how to, how to present the proper paperwork for that. Uh, and how to take the proper agency status. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to train you on how to, I'm going to teach you how to market yourself to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from there, how much you get from me is kind of how much you want to get from me. You know, like if, if and, and how much you get out of this business is how much effort you're going to put into it and how good of habits you're going to develop. Um, in some of these things that we train on, you know, so, so if you, if you come in here and you take what I say and you run with it and you really uh, develop good daily habits out of the things that we talk about, 
um, and you go do, you do the marketing, you do the prospecting, uh, you, you, you put the system in place, you do the follow-up, you're going to be successful. There's, there's, there's nothing that stops somebody in real estate who has enough, puts in enough effort. Okay. Okay. So when you were, if you were to give advice to someone starting real estate, is that what it would focus on is creating good habits with lots of effort? I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. I think, I think you um, touch as many people as you can in a day. You call as many people as you can in a day. You know, you knock on as many doors as you can in a day. Uh, hopefully you're being smart and you're targeting who whose doors you're knocking on and what phone calls you're making. And, you know, for me, that's investors. So, you know, so I build lists often and, and you know, teach other people to build lists as well mm -hmm. and, and market to those lists in a, in a, a cost effective and efficient way. Yeah. Uh, you know, people who not, not just blasting out, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of postcards and that sort of thing, but mm -hmm. specifically, you know, farming neighborhoods, uh, being the expert in that neighborhood, specifically um, targeting a certain type of property owner, uh, somebody who, own, you know, getting into a niche of, uh, you know, multifamily or, okay. uh, you know, which multifamily is a big, big one for me being in the property management business. Um, um, so distressed what property, et cetera. Right. So okay. yeah. Distressed. Cause that's a totally different, totally different. Well, and if somebody, if one of my agents finds a distressed property at a price that's attractive and brings it into my office, I mean, it'll be sold within minutes. Oh, wow. uh, so, I mean, we could, if we had those kind of leads all day, we could, and I've told agents that many times and some of them are taking advantage of it. And that's why they're being successful is, you know, bring the kind of leads that the buyers we know we have want, and you'll have quick turn cash offer, cash as is offers every day, all day, you know, and, it, and it's, and it's, uh, it really is a simple business model. That's so interesting because that would be um, so attractive to someone coming into real estate to have the idea that they could actually list something and it would sell just like that because they're they're in that right environment. If they were in an environment that's all about first time home buyers, that that kind of turn just might not happen the same way. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and right now everything's selling. So I mean, if, you know, it, that 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 24 hour thing may not be uh uh such an advantage as it once was. My business may do a little better if the market would slow down a bit. So Yeah. So one of the things I've always heard about having property management in real estate is that Sometimes you got to be a bit of a difficult person dealing with the tenants. Yes. The tenants may not want to come back to you to buy property because you have, you've not seen them in their best light. Has that impacted your business? Do you think? Probably a little. Um, but I mean, I make a lot of money doing property management too. And, and, and um, we focus on building the property management business first Okay. And the sales flow from that. Okay. Uh, and also now something we started to do that we weren't doing before is we built out a referral business off of the property management business. So all 80 or so of those clients that we currently have and uh, that we're property managing for, we will refer them um, to other agents within our markets that we like to work with and give them access to more deals to buy 
that then funnel back into our property management business. Cause we don't have all the deals in town. You know, I mean, I mean, some of these agents, some of these other agents um, have a lot of good leads on, on properties that our clients would love to buy. And I don't, and I, and, and I'm not going to uh, force them to be exclusive with me in that regard and miss out on money-making opportunities. And, and, you know, we're, uh, a lot of those agents call me and try to sell them to me, you know, and then, and then if I don't buy them, we funnel them to one of our, our clients. So, I mean, um, there's a lot of deals happening that, that they never hit the market because why would they? Yeah. And then you get the property management cash flow ad infinitum pretty much, right? Correct. Yeah. The, the, um, the dollar cost averaging of that and the not dollar cost averaging, but the, the impact of that, the present day value present value of that future cash flow is incredible. oh yeah yeah it's a valuable deal and the property and the thing the thing about the property management business too that the real estate business doesn't have is those contracts are are sellable assets yes and they're residual um, income like they just keeps on yes. yeah 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 so so those contracts are contracts that can be assigned sold transferred uh to another company uh or an investor or a corporate entity uh, now those clients don't have to stay if that person doesn't, you know, function the way that they need to, but, um, the, the chances are they do because it's just, it's a difficult transition. So it just keeps it simpler and easier. Correct. Yeah. If the person comes in, if the person comes in and does a decent job on the property management, they're not likely to lose the contract. So, so if you were to give advice to someone starting out, um, as a new broker owner, like you are, would your advice be to follow your business model so that you have both the, the highs of the increased real estate sales and the steady cash flow of property management? Is that what, would you replicate the system that you have? Um, it's a good model for me because I, I liked the, I liked fixing up old houses uh, and I liked seeing the transformation uh, and, and, I'm not an instant gratification person. So like I'm a pretty patient person and, um, you know, accepting money later or, you know, money slower, but, but knowing that, you know, it's going to come in for a long period of time was something that appealed to me. Um, and building value in a business was something that appealed to me, not just, um, generating income. So, uh, if that's your mindset, if long-term wealth is your mindset and uh, being able to impact the community too, which is something I really, you know, you do get some negative feedback being the largest landlord, you know, in, in relatively small towns. Right. I mean, you, I mean, Pittsburgh's a 20,000 person town. um, And we have, we have hundreds of tenants that love us and, you know, they, they they move from one place of ours to the next place of ours, and they buy a place with us. So it is not it's it's not like uh, we're this terrible, awful uh, landlord that is just slumming it up. And you know, but not every tenant deserves their deposit back. You know, and and um, not every tenant gets qualified to rent from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes those things. Uh, cause some animosity and can, and can get some negativity out in the community or on reviews or that sort of thing. Um, even, even when, even when it's legitimate, you know, even when, even what you're doing is legitimate. So there is a little bit of push, there can be a little bit of pushback there. 
Um, but I feel good about uh, the fact that we're housing over 2000 citizens, you know, and um, we're maintaining uh, that many properties and, and we're providing a, a healthy, safe living environment for that many members of the community. Uh, we're also uh, between us and our clients, our whole infrastructure, you know, we're remodeling um, hundreds of dwellings a year, you know? So, I mean, so it, it's, we're, we're maintaining, improving, um, growing the tax base, you know, building value, building wealth for people. I mean, I've had clients who have went from one rental property with me to a multi-million dollar portfolio with, with me. So, um, so we're, we're helping people plan for retirement. We're helping people, uh, you know, we're not investment advisors, obviously, but you know, we're, we're, um, in real estate, we're, we kind of can act that way. Right. And I always tell prospective clients that when you work with us, it's, it's kind of like, um, making real estate as easy as investing in a mutual fund or, or something to that effect. So that's a good comparison. Well, Tyler, this has been fun talking to you. Um, I do have to comment about one thing that you wouldn't know. And this is one of the parts I enjoy most about doing the podcast is watching people's faces. And when you talk about property management and reinvesting in your community and the difference that you make in people's lives, your face lights up. So you really are in the right place at the right time for you. So I'm really pleased to see that. That's That makes this really exciting and and. Uh, I'm not sure you don't need the reassurance, but you know, you're in the right place. So pretty cool. I feel good about what we're doing and, yeah. and, and it, it's hard to do sometimes with some of the stuff that happens, but uh, for the most part, I know we're doing, we're doing a good thing. So good. Well, thank you so much for your time today. So um, we've been talking, I've been talking with Tyler Casey of ProX Realty from Pittsburgh, Kansas and Joplin, Missouri. So again, it's Myrna Salsler with the MLS Leadership Show. And I really have enjoyed our time together, Tyler. So thank you. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the MLS Leadership Show. If you're a real estate broker, owner, or manager, and would like to be a guest on the show, please visit mlsleadership.com slash guest. If you got some value out of this interview, subscribe below and share this on your social media, hashtag MLS show. Download us in your podcast player right now. Please give us a thumbs up rating and review the show. Share the value you received from listening in. Connect with me via social media. Check out our website at mlsleadership.com and see if there's some ideas you can use in your own brokerage. It's Myrna Selsler with the MLS Leadership Show and founder of The Million Dollar Broker. Thanks for listening. Thank you.